rising inflation, pervasive technology and surveillance, digital currency, extreme weather events, a global plague, false teaching, increasing violence and globalization, decreasing morality and church attendance, the centrality of Israel on the world stage. And these are just some of the events Jesus warned would be signs leading up to his return. Join us now as we examine current world events through the lens of Scripture in Modern Headlines meets Bible Prophecy, June 2022. I am Mark Russick, and you are listening to... The Russick Outlook. As always, just my opinion. Hello, everybody. My name is Mark Russick. You're watching and listening to The Russick Outlook. Thank you so much for joining. Today's topic, Modern Headlines Meets Bible Prophecy. June 2022. This is part of a monthly series where I like to take a peek at what's going on around the world, see what the headlines are indicating, and are there any signposts that may be lining up with what the Bible has laid out in the days to come. For those of you who may or may not know, uh, that almost one-third of the book is is prophetic, is prophecy, and close to two-thirds of that has already been fulfilled. So in terms of the reliability and the credibility, it's already been established well beyond any any type of mathematical plausibility that anybody can come up with. Um, so despite, you know, what a lot of people might be saying around the world, the Bible is true, the Word of God is true, and it's been proven time and time again. And if we look at the signs around us, you know, Jesus is coming soon. And I, 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 I'm never a date predictor, and, and I never will be. Um, it could be tomorrow, it could be a year, it could be 10 years, it could be 20 years. I don't know. But the signs are there. What do I mean by that? Well, let's just take a peek. I wanted to do something. I'm going to point to something on the slide here. So for those of you who are watching on video, you see that. For my podcast listeners, I'm going to just kind of lay out some things that we see that are going on around the world today. The war in Ukraine. Everybody's familiar with that. Rising inflation. You know, it's just, it's, it's beginning to cripple families. Um, the pervasive technology and surveillance, how that's really the government is utilizing that to get into your lives, get into your information, and maybe not as much in America, but certainly in some of the other communist nations, some of the more uh, dictatorial type nations. Uh, digital currency, that was predicted, uh, that, that not digital, but that there would be a global currency. Extreme weather events, we, we've seen a lot of that. I'm going to touch a little bit on that today, as well as the next item, a global plague. The, the Bible foretells that this world will be going through a plague, and we, you know, we've, we, we've seen some of that already. Uh, false teachings, unfortunately, you know, that's pretty pervasive as well. The increase in violence should not surprise anybody. Uh, no matter how little you may look at the news, it's out there every day. Uh, the increase in depravity, the increase in globalization, moving more and more towards a world government and uh, advocating unity amongst the governments, decreasing morality, um, decreasing church attendance. So in spite of the fact that we see these signs and some of the things that we'll be going through today, church attendance is, is, is on the decline. Um, the decline of the United States, you know, no surprise in the last couple of years, uh, what we've seen in terms of the world stage from Afghanistan to inflation to our southern border uh, to, to many, many other areas. It's just and, and it's 
it, it's it, it's something that as as Americans, you know, many people just you know we're disheartened by it. We're brokenhearted because we see the value of the country and proud of the country as anybody else would be, no matter what what nation you might be from. The rise of China that's foretold in uh, in the Book of Revelation. Uh, the existence of the nation of Israel, you know, reborn twice, the centrality of Israel on the world stage, and we're going to be talking about that. So, you know, those are some of the things that just about anybody would be familiar with. And, and so I've, I've highlighted those topics to point out the importance of knowing what's going on around the world. And why do I say that? Because I want to point to a survey that I just saw recently by Barna, Barna Research Study, in regards to the church, in regards to their lack of understanding concerning world events, um, so let me let me let me show you some of this information here. Um, the the survey basically says that pastors lack a biblical worldview. A new nationwide survey of pastors in the United States revealed that nearly two thirds, sixty two percent, do not have a biblical worldview. 37% of pastors have a biblical uh, worldview. That's one in three pastors, senior pastors. Um, the portion varies according to the positions they held, whether you're an administrative pastor, a senior pastor, involved in different um, uh, ministerial aspects. What's very concerning, and, and, and I hold to this view, is the children's and the youth pastors. Uh, they they have the, the uh, least um, amount or look... What's the word I want? The, they, they, uh, they look the least towards this type of information. They're, they're the least inclined. I think that's what I was trying to get at. Uh, sorry about that. Um, so it goes on to say pastors who uh, don't have a biblical worldview are likely to uh, embrace competing worldviews, including secular humanism, Marxism, or syncretism. Uh, Barma describes the mix and match uh, syncretism perspective as the blending of ideas and applications from a variety of holistic worldviews into a unique but inconsistent combination that represents their personal preferences. More than six out of every 10 American pastors fall into this category. That should be very, very alarming. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of it. And um, and it doesn't mean that you have to be on top of every little thing. I'm not saying that or I'm not pointing to that. But it is important to recognize the, the times and the seasons and what's going on and that our faith and our trust is in Jesus. None of this, if you are a believer uh, or, or if, you know, if, if, if you have a relationship with Jesus, none of this should scare you. This is not meant to be fear, but it is meant for an awareness. And for me personally, it kind of heightens my my sense of urgency um, to to share the gospel, to do something like this, uh, you know, of what I do, because I want people just as the Father wants. He wants everybody to come into the kingdom of heaven. And we have these competing worldviews and these competing um, areas where a lot of churches, not all, but a lot try to blend and harmonize and you know, take this aspect of it or that aspect of culture of what's going on. And I don't, you know, I'm not going to get into the different areas. If you've been around for the last two years, you, you, you should know what I'm talking about. Or I'll, I'll throw out the general term of wokeism, you know, where uh, basically it's a form of Marxism because it says if you don't hold to my 
value. If you don't ascribe to what I believe is right, then then you're wrong. You need to be shut down. You need to be silenced. That's where we have freedom of speech is being cut out. You're being uh, monitored. You're, 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 you're being censored. A lot of the information that goes out is, is cut forth. And, and, you know, and, and you know this. If you're listening to me, you're watching, you know that a lot of this information gets, gets censored. Um, you know, and it's unfortunate. Let me just go to a couple of other little things here. Um, Barna, a well-respected researcher, spoke about this discovery. And he said this, keep in mind a person's worldview primarily develops before the age of 13. Uh, then goes through a period of refinement during their teens and their 20s. From a worldview perspective, a church's most important ministers are the children's pastor and the youth pastor. Discovering that seven out of every 10 of these pastors lack a biblical worldview helps to explain why so few people in the nation's youngest generations are developing a heart and mind for biblical principles and ways of life and why our society seems to have run wild over the past decade. And, and, and I would agree with that. Um, I don't know, you know how the, the numbers um, you know, break down, but we, the church, are, have, are, have competition, and it's the enemy, and it's, you know, um, it's the enemy's information and allure and temptations that, oh, go this way or that way, or if you're talking about religions, how often they say that, you know, that all, all roads lead to heaven, and, and, you know, whether it's Allah or Jesus or Buddha or Hindus or, you know, and, and it's that kumbaya type of, of approach, and, you know, this is what we're dealing with, and this is what the Bible laid out. And, you know, what, what Jesus also said was, before I return, there will be a great falling away. There will be a falling away from the church. So, you know, another reason that I'm bringing this type of information out, because what we're seeing is what Jesus wrote about and said would happen in the last days. Um, so before I, begin, before I begin, before I go on, I'm sorry, I just ask you, if you wouldn't mind, to please hit that like and subscribe button. Um, whatever the platform you're on, ring the bell, give us a thumbs up, leave some comments, tell us what you think, whether you agree, disagree, it's all good. Um, as well as if you wouldn't mind, I would very much appreciate it if you go to the rusticoutlook.com, join our email list. There's a pop-up window. There should be someone, something coming across your screen now that you'll see when you go to the website. Just sign up. All we do is notify you when new topics come out, new presentations. If you care to join into our online Zoom presentations where we interact with the audience, answer questions, address things. If you have revelations, we want to hear it. Where the body is edified by one another, iron sharpens iron. That's the premise behind that. And, and uh, hopefully real soon. We've run into a couple of challenges, but we'll be engaged in live streaming. So let me, let me kind of move on from that. Um, I also wanted to show you, before I, I lay this out, prophecies that have been fulfilled. So when I talk to you about the prophetic, and, and I mentioned to the fact that, you know, two-thirds of the prophecies that have been laid out have already been fulfilled, primarily most of, not all, but a lot of that having to do with Jesus, the birth of the Messiah, the, the life of the Messiah, the miracles of the Messiah, the crucifixion, the resurrection, um, you know, so many things affiliated with that. But I wanted to show you something here. So I'm going to cut back to video for a second. Uh, the Bible says that Israel will be scattered to the four corners of the earth. Did that happen? Yes, it did. Uh, and it's easy to trace through history, 
you know, so what the Bible laid out did happen. Israel will be regathered at as a nation. Did that happen? Yes. The official ceremony took place on May 14th, 1948. And I will say, just as the prophet um, Isaiah laid out, that they would be born again a second time. So that's never, ever even come close to happening in history, but just as the Lord laid out, it did. Israel regained the city of Jerusalem. Check. That happened in June of 67 during the Six-Day War. Israel will be isolated from other nations around the world. Is this happening? At this very moment, Palestinian-led governments that are called BDS, Boycott, uh, Divestment, and Sanctions, seeks to enlist the nations of the world in an effort to isolate the Jewish state. The world is gathering to isolate Israel. Hmm, you think that's been uh, foretold? Israel will be, be attacked by a nation to the north bent on her destruction. That has not happened. However, we are seeing the signs of that. Uh, this could be potentially, well, it, inevitably, it will lead to the, the War of Gog of Magog, where, you know, you get Russia and a coalition of nations, and they are right now, and I've said this, you know, many times before, they're gathered on, on the northern front of Israel as I talk to you right now. Turkey, Syria, uh, Iran, Russia, um, all of these nations have been mentioned in Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39, and they're at the border right now. Uh, and there's a lot of things going on, and we'll, we'll touch on some of that. Um, Jerusalem will be at the center of the world conflicts. Jerusalem, this tiny little city in the middle of the world, not Paris, not New York, not London, not Abu Dhabi, uh, Beijing, Moscow, all of them. No, it's Jerusalem. It's all about Jerusalem. It's often been said, um, uh, well, actually, I heard it a different way recently, where if you look at the uh, at a clock in Israel, Israel is the hour hand, uh, Jerusalem is the minute hand, and the Temple Mount is the second hand. Uh, another way of putting it is uh, Israel is the epicenter of the world, Jerusalem is the epicenter uh, of, of Israel, and the Temple Mount is the epicenter of the epicenter of the epicenter. Uh, say that three times real fast. To the Old Testament, prophet Zechariah, he offers this prophecy about Israel. I will make Jerusalem and Judah like an intoxicating drink to all of the nearby nations that send armies to besiege Jerusalem. This is talking about the tribulation. And on that day, I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone, a burden for the world. None of the nations who try to lift it will escape unscathed. Uh, Zechariah 12, 2 through 3. So, you know, all of these things are in front of us. So as I said in the beginning, I like to look at Israel, and I want to point something that happened just days ago as I, as I speak to you here near the, the, the little past the midpoint of June. On This happened June 15th. Yep. Reuters reported it on June 15th. So several years ago, um, Israel discovered a great natural resource, gas, natural gas, um, right off their coast. And they've been, it's been, you know, facilitating a lot of their energy, and they've been begun to uh, export this to different areas, and they've had some challenges, and they struck some deals with Greece and Cyprus and Italy, and some of that was, you know, it's, it's been fought back and forth. But with all that what's going on in Ukraine right now, Jerusalem just struck a deal with the European Union. For those of you who may not know, most of Europe... I don't believe all of Europe, but I say a good portion has cut off um, Russia from delivering its natural gas uh, to, to Europe, which is, 
you know, their largest customer. So it's a, it's a major, major hit to their uh, financial aspects or their financial viability. And so what's happened now is Israel, through Egypt, because there are still some, um, there's anti-Semitism in Europe. That's the best way I can put it, you know, if I want to cut to the chase. So they, they, they kind of wedged the deal with Egypt that funnels the uh, natural gas out to Europe. Let me just uh, cut to this slide for a second. So here we go. Um, here I'm showing you on video that e the European Union and Egypt uh, uh, and Israel, I'm sorry, agreed to export Israeli liquefied natural gas to Europe. Um, Reuters reports that e Israel and Egypt will aim to boost natural gas exports under a memorandum, memorandum of understanding that was signed this past Wednesday. The framework deal signed with the European Union will be the first to allow significant exports of Israeli gas to Europe. And I show you uh, the tanker off the Mediterranean coast there. So that's a very significant deal because Ezekiel says, I will put, or the Lord says, I will put a hook into your jaw and pull you out, Gog, the, the leader of Russia. And could this be... Uh, something that is, is lining up because now this is direct financial competition to Russia, to Gog of Magog, to that area. So, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that it definitely is, but it's it looks like it's a possibility. Uh, and I'd say that's a huge step. The fact that Israel is now a major player. I mean, natural, all, all of the energy delivery to uh I don't know what the breakdown of it is. I would say 85% of Europe off the top of my head. Um, that's a major deal. So this tiny little nation born in 1948 uh, that's at the center of, of, of all the chaos in the world and everybody wanting it, they are on the economic world stage. They, they have forged themselves into the top five to ten no matter you know how you want to look at it, whether it's economically, militarily, technology, medical, um, it's a miracle. The, the, the Jewish people have been blessed by God beyond belief, and, and God's hedge of protection has been with them. And to deny that is, is just silly. Um, so if you're, if you're not a believer, I encourage you to look at the things that God foretold in Ezekiel. That's 2,500 years ago. All of these things starting to line up and come to pass. That's not a coincidence. I'll, I'll just put it that way. Staying with the nation of Israel, uh, I reported last month that they had in, engaged in their largest military drill. It was a nationwide drill across the country. It involved the Navy, the, uh, the Air Force, <clears throat> the Army, the civilians. Uh, it's called Chariots of Fire. So that wound up. It closed um, at the end of May. So I just wanted to report some things here. Um, that one of the main focuses of this simulation, according to Israeli intelligence, was Israel's war to the north. That is where uh, that, of what Ezekiel is prophesying, and that's where I say those those uh, those nations are and those militaries are there. Uh, the drill included a war on the northern front while simultaneously facing challenges on other fronts. The forces carried out multiple attacks, practiced assisting ground forces, defending the skies against enemy aircraft. Which nations are to the north? Don't be surprised. Syria, Turkey, Iran, Russia. There you go. Um, the massive month-long drill is a practice for a bombing run. 
in order to prevent the creation of a nuclear weapon and then protecting their nation afterwards. So um, let me let me kind of go on a little bit here. Um, I, I well I'm here I'm I'm, you, I'm, I'm going to show you in a second where Iran they believe Israel believes that they are already at the capability of making their first bomb that it's there. Uh, for many years, it's been, you know, 20%, 30%, 40%. But they believe now that, um, that, that they have the capability of developing at least one nuclear bomb. And what are they dedicated, they being Iran, that they are dedicated towards eliminating Israel from the face of the map. They call them the little Satan. They call the United States the great Satan. So much of what Israel is preparing for is, is centered on the Iranian conflict because of their, um, I believe, demonic zeal where their uh, end-time eschatology in the Shia Sunni, uh, I'm sorry, the Shia Muslim religion believes in the uh, um, calling of, of, of the great imam or the 12th imam. And it, in order to facilitate that, they, need, they believe that they need to basically escalate global tensions to the point of uh, uh, lighting the fuse, if you will, for a world war and a war specifically with the nation of Israel and the Jewish people because they want to eliminate the Jewish people from the face of the earth, similar to what Hitler tried to do uh, in World War II. So let me just show you some other interesting things about what's going on in Israel, and then we're going to segue to Iran. Uh, they made dramatic military upgrades to plans to attack Iran uh, through its F-35 stealth fighters uh, because they can now, um, uh, they, they will not require mid-air refueling. And part of that is not only the technology, it's the cooperation that they are getting from nations uh, that have signed on with the Abraham Accord. And then even though Saudi Arabia has not signed the, that, though they have some ongoing relationships um, that that are working, put it this way, the, the Saudi intelligence is working with Israeli, Egyptian, Jordanian, um, as well as Moroccan, and there's one other I forget off the top of my head. Oh, and then you have Bahrain and uh, the UAE as well. Uh, Russia flies, fires on Israeli jets over Syria. Uh, Israel's been um, bombing some of the uh, uh uh, military uh, expositions that or um, flights and trucks that have been delivered into Syria from Iran with their bombs. And now for the first time, and uh, it began, I guess, a couple of months ago, Russia is now working with the Syrian military and kind of s sending warning shots, that you will, um, at Israel. So they have, they have some <clears throat> mutual cooperation. I, I, you know, let me say this, too that just because Russia and Turkey and Iran and Syria are all there, they're not exactly all working together cohesively as one unit. Um, they, they all have different objectives. And then you have the, the anti-Semitic uh, Muslim objective, but that may not be, the, and it is not the case for Russia. So there's confusion in the ranks, I'll say, or there's, they're not necessarily always playing nice. And by that, I mean Putin and Bennett, uh, they have some agreements. So there's some things that they allow back and forth. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's very, very sensitive. And it's the type of thing that can go off like that. So 
you know, I think we need to be aware of, of, of what's happening there. Uh, Israel's shadow war with Iran goes non-nuclear. They've been going after Iranian guards, chief military people that are not necessarily affiliated uh, with the nuclear arrangements of what's going on. They've been... Uh, <clears throat> They've been going after generals and military commanders that have been moving weapons and, and co making coordinated efforts with the, uh, with the proxies of Iran, whether that's Hezbollah uh, or the Houthis in, in Yemen and so forth. So they've been going after them as well as the nuclear facilities. Um, another interesting thing to look for in Israel is this. There are now reports coming out over the last week or two that uh, the political front, which was never stable with Bennett in place, he, you know, he had a minority there, um, that they're trying to bring him down. So the Likud, who is the uh, majority uh, party there, predicted on Wednesday that Prime Minister uh, Naftali Bennett's government would soon be toppled with the help of his former aide and friend, uh, Nir Orbach. Um, so rumors, some of the rumors have it that this is setting the stage uh, for the return of Benjamin Netanyahu, you know, more things to say, to watch out for. Um, as we speak right now, um, 46 is planning a visit to the Middle East. I'm going to cover some of that. Uh, but something that we need to be on the lookout for, we being America, um, they're, they're pushing, they're, they're trying to get the consulate into Jerusalem. They're trying to eliminate uh, 45's declaration or recognition as Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, uh, kind of going back to what 44's stance was. <clears throat> no surprise there. You know, it's, it's the same administration. It's the same front people, front, same main personnel put, pulling the purse strings and, and making decisions and, and pulling the levers of, of change, if you will. So that's never going to work out. So the reason I, I, I wanted to point this out, and I said weather alert, severe weather alert, um, because 46 is going to Israel, and part of that is trying to thwart the advancement or the expansion of, of different um, construction buildings of sites. There is something that is called the Doomsday Settlement by the United States, which is uh, plans for expansion of housing on the West Bank. Um, so 46 is trying to stop that. Uh, I, and again, trying to divide Jerusalem. They've already advocated for the um, <clears throat> cutback to the 1967 lines. So the reason I say severe weather alert is I've, I've cited this uh, some months past, and there's been a lot written about it. There's a gentleman named William Koenig who's documented this very well. Uh, where every time that the United States tries to squeeze Israel for land and, and make decisions that are not lined up with, with biblical principles or what the Lord laid out, because this is, you know, this is Israel's land, this is the land that God gave Israel, that we are challenged with <clears throat> severe economic and weather uh, chaos. And, and, and uh, Koenig has done a, a wonderful job. I, I, I did a video on this probably about four or five months ago. And it, it, without question, I mean, you can go back to, uh, I, I, I believe you, he starts with Bush Sr. to Clinton to Jr. And, and so forth and so on. And he documents all of the decisions and things that were made and the severe, severe, I'm talking about billions and billions of dollars and lives lost and homes destroyed. 
Um, Hurricane Katrina stands out as one of them. That some of the tornadoes we saw the one in Kentucky uh, about two years ago, and it's always tied to what happened. So I say, you know, we want to be on the lookout for that because if 46 goes in there and and it's really what what it's looking like, what's going to be laid out. I would not be surprised. I would almost expect that we would be hit with some type of uh, catastrophic weather um, weather event. Some other things going over a little bit further to the north now from Israel into uh, Iran. Uh, there was a drone det- detonated in Iraq's northern city of Erbil. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Iraq is predominantly controlled by Iran right now. There's something called the Game of Drones. Uh, Iran has really invested mightily in, in drone production. Um, <clears throat> these are unmanned military uh, craft that uh, they're, they're putting bombs or cameras and surveillance and things like that in there, much like what we know a drone today, uh, but they're using it for uh, those purposes. Uh, Iran has become a prolific jo- uh, drone producer. Um, the Jerusalem Post wrote this, that Tehran has used drones to target Israel, including drones flown from Syria, Iraq, and also directly from Iran. Uh, the drone program, including exports to Hezbollah, the Houthis, and others, is a serious threat. Uh, Tajikistan, the location of Iran's new drone factory, is probably part of ancient Magog, mentioned in uh, Ezekiel 38.2. We talked about Magog earlier. Uh, this specific land they 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 cite back, uh, you know, which is right on the on the border of Russia and Iran, uh, which also participates in the invasion. Uh, Magog was the land of ancient Scythians who inhabited the underbelly of the Soviet Union, which includes Tajikistan. Uh, there's also the uranium enrichment of which I spoke about earlier, uh, that they have enough to build a bomb. Uh, also, that they have found out recently. Uh, this just happened a matter of days ago. Uh, cameras were shut down in the nuclear facilities, um, in, in the tents in particular in Iran. Um, so we do not have any eyeballs at all. We had some surveillance, and now there's many reports of underground tunnels being built. And we know that many of Israel's enemies in, uh, over the years, and it's a clear military tactic, that they build these tunnels and they're trying to transport information. So, you know, that's a concern. I'm showing you uh, a picture of, a, of um, an, an overhead aerial photograph. Uh, it says that they are constructing a vast new network of tunnels uh, at its Natanz nuclear site that would house a massive enrichment facility that would be impervious to bunker-busting bombs and cyber attacks. Um, and again, they oh, and they've also, uh, within these past few days, they closed nuclear inspector ac- access. Uh, so the uh, IAEA, uh, the Atomic Energy Agency has no longer has any type of visibility in there. So this is happening as we speak. Then the other interesting thing is uh, 46, part of his Middle East visit, I, I don't think they've firmed it up yet, but they keep talking about it, um, is to visit Saudi Arabia and to kind of beg them to produce more gas for production in this country because they refuse to unleash the production of our own country. And I know that is probably the dumbest thing in the world that anybody could ever possibly think of, but it's because of their objectives and, and they want to, they're intentionally shutting down uh, lives and industries and driving the, the gas prices. This is by design. These are not stupid people. 
um, you know, what's going on. This is this is kind of their whole um, climate um, tactic. I'm not even going to call it a false religion. It's it's really a tactic towards control of of what they want to be able to do. But it'll be interesting. Um, to see what Saudi Arabia's response will be because 46, while he was campaigning, um, made some very uh, disturbing comments about MBS, who is the leader of uh, um, uh, Saudi Arabia, and they've refused to engage in other production. Nonetheless, you know, they have a military relationship. Um, This goes back to the the murder of Kosigi, who is the Saudi Arabian um, uh, press writer, I should say. Um, but interestingly enough, and you'll never hear this in, in the West, and there are some reports that I've seen that uh, tie Kosigi to al-Qaeda. And I, I don't know this for sure. I don't. But it was reported by Joel Rosenberg, who I, I personally you know high, hold in high esteem, that that was some of the information that he was being fed. And I don't even think he said it conclusively, uh, but there is some credibility there. So, in other words, it's not always what we think. You know, we have a tendency to react and, and, and point fingers. So there's a lot of other things that are happening. And, and this is why I do things like this, is to take a peek at what's going on internationally. So as I say international, let me swing over to something very, very important of what's going on in this country. Um, for those of you who may be from another country, there's uh, a, a law, and I'm sure most people have heard about it, Roe v. Wade, and there was a intentional leak by the uh, left to that there's a potential decision coming out that would side with the state of Mississippi's case there, uh, thereby eliminating federally funded or federally accessed abortions, and uh, this would be a tremendous uh, boost for people who have been praying and believing and standing on on the word, and, and doing everything that they they know to do in in the natural to stop this infanticide, not infanticide, to stop the murder of the these young young babies, and no matter where you stand on the on the on the area of abortion, um, and if you're a Christian, I I personally I don't understand how you can even possibly vote for some of these people but that's between you and this is just my opinion as I as I often say because um, you know these babies are precious in the sights of the Lord the word of God says I knew you before you were in your mother's womb um, but nonetheless there are many left-leaning uh, and, and yeah I, you know what I'm not going to go down there um, I just I, I, I scratch my head sometimes um, but what I want to point out here is they intentionally did this. They're doing this to, to uh, raise tension, to heighten awareness. They're doing some things where we recently had one of the chief justices had a, uh, uh, um, a, a murder. I, I won't even say attempt. They captured him before he could attend, attempt it, but, and he turned himself in. So I guess he was dealing with obviously some severe mental illness, but he had a number of weapons on him, and he went there with the intent of killing uh, this chief justice. Just as I, sp- I spoke, to, um, as I'm speaking to you, uh, there there are protests in front of the houses of these chief justices who are believed to side with the uh, overturn or overruling of Roe v. Wade. 
They've been going to their homes and protesting. I, I saw some pretty sick and disturbing things where high school teenage girls are going to Judge Amy Comey Barrett's home with babies, dolls, and, and um, just some very sick and disturbing signs. Um, there's been some bombings in some of the clinics. Um, there's here, let me just show you something too, um, that, you know, it's showing, uh, it, it, there, there's signs being written on, and I give you one sign, but this has been happening to a number of clinics all across the country. Um, it, it says, if abortions aren't safe, then neither are you. There's been red paint poured over these clinics as symbolizing blood, windows that are broken. And one of the more disturbing things to me is that this is against the law. Uh, the, this is against the law that are on the books, specifically that you cannot protest at a judge's home or a member of the court or even a jury member if you are on a jury because it's a form of intimidation. And yet uh, the 46 in his administration and the Attorney General Mer Merrick Carlin are allowing this. They're not prosecuting. Um, so they're not enforcing the law, and they're doing it intentionally, and they're doing it selectively. We had 46 come out saying that there's going to be a mini-revolution if, if this gets overturned. Uh, this is supposedly the good Catholic. Um, so, that you know, these are some of the things that are going on. And what I wanted to point out on the, on the bright side of all, and I would say this, there's reports coming out that close to 60% are against abortion in this country. Now, 60% of Americans... And who's leading the way? It's women's groups. It's, uh, and, and I wanted to point these, these wonderful women's groups that are out there. Concerned Women for America, National Right to Life, Feminists for Life, March for Life, Students for Life, Americans United for Life, Heartbeat Bills, Live Action, Last Days Ministry, Susan B. Anthony List, Save the Storks, New Wave Feminists, Southern Baptist Pro-Life Ministries, Catholic Charities, and then there were none. So... Uh, you know, here you have these, these wonderful, courageous, principled women uh, and, 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 and movements that have a moral compass and are standing up for the right thing. So, you know, watch for that. Pray for that. Pray for these justices. Pray for people. Pray for the nation. Because, you know, if this is overturned and it looking like it, it will be, um, then, you know, you're going to we're going to be getting into more riots and more. Uh, acts of violence and in, 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 in inevitably will happen. So we as Christians need to be praying for that, for these people, for these leaders, for these judges, for these justices, for their families. Think about these justices' homes. They're allowing this to happen, and these people have children, 10, 11, 12 years old. You know, as a parent, you're concerned for your child, but yet the the venom and the pervasiveness and, you know, Abortion 20, 30, 40 years ago was something that you only did in an extreme issue. Now they're advocating for it to happen even after the child is born. There are people out there, and you can see this is evil in your face. They're saying, yeah, we can still kill that child. And they won't use the word kill, but you know, they'll, they'll say that abortion you know, would still be viable even up until after the child is born. So you know, that's kind of where we're at. I wanted to switch gears to... Uh, Davos to uh, what, what happened. We recently had uh, the World Economic Forum. I've been reporting on them, the, the Great Reset. Um, a lot of that started with, with COVID. And so they met again in 2022, last month. Uh, 
um, as well as well as the uh, World Health Organization held its um, uh, annual conference in the same uh, nation in, in Switzerland. Um, but I wanted to point out something that I read that happened in 2020 and then bring you up to some things that happened at the at this year's conference. Um, so uh, where does this go? I'm sorry. Here, world leaders, this was in 2020, from 91 countries, including 53 heads of state, uh, along with some of the world's most influential bankers, financiers, convened for the pivotal summit. They are to be considered the global elites, a variable who's who of internationally known, powerful geopolitical celebrities. Among those in attendance was Prince Charles, Ursula von der uh, Christina Lagier, president of the Central Bank, Seth Berkeley, CEO of the Vaccine Alliance, um, Ecumenical Patriarch Bartholomew, the Archbishop Constantinople of New Rome, as Klaus Schwab, who's the head of uh, the World Economic Forum, and the keynote speaker was 46. Um, and he was there, I think, nine years previous as well. So their agenda turned up to be the warm-up act, and it was co centered on COVID-19, which was called the Great Reset. Klaus Schwab did a book on that. And he was saying then that the world must come together. And right now to do this, the planet must reboot. We need to have a global preset. In their worldview, nations are essentially seen as children who simply cannot govern themselves or get along with one another. Therefore, what is needed is an authority figure, a parent, an entity whose role is to regulate and direct them. That authority would be the centralized world government. By their own admission, the United Nations is impotent. The World Health Organization is underfunded. European Commission is ineffective in sufficiently uh, filling the present vacuum of leadership. We must therefore resist. So th there's some other information on there that you can check out on video if you like. But my point is, it's being set up that it's looking for the leader. It needs a leader. I've said this you know, for quite a while now. The world is void of, of not only morally accurate leaders, but on their side of the equation, they're saying that we need a central head. We need somebody. So I believe that's setting the stage for what will inevitably be the Antichrist. So, as I said, just weeks ago, 2022 Davos had their wrap-up. Here's what Schwab wrote. Um, the future is not just happening. The future is built by us, by a powerful community as you are here in this room. And again, he's speaking to these leaders weeks ago. We have the means to improve the state of the world. Two conditions are necessary. The first one is we act as stakeholders of larger communities, that we serve not only self-interest, but we serve the community. That's what we call stakeholder responsibility. And second, that we collaborate. Uh, the Davos elites warned the nations in this conference not to resist painful global transitions. Uh, in regard to the record gas prices, it's part of the painful period of transition. German Vice Chancellor Robert Habeck said that the governments should not seek to protect their citizens from these consequences. Norwegian finance CEO Kirsten Brothen described the energy crisis as a transition full of hardship but insisted the pain is worth it. They're telling you the pain's worth it because they're not experiencing the pain. Uh, 46 later said pain at the pump was part of the incredible transition 
uh, of the American economy away from oil and gas. He didn't say it there, I should say, but he did say it to an American audience uh, several weeks ago. Uh, then they have uh, tracking technology is coming. Uh, the main topic in this year was the need to address climate change, as I said before. This is going to be the next great big catastrophe. Um, so one topic that has gotten a lot of press after the meeting was this. Personal carbon footprint trackers using smart fit, smartphone apps. Uh, it, it will basically be, say, how far are you traveling? How much energy are you using when you travel? What are you eating? It suggests that there could be a future which we are punished for the use of carbon, perhaps making this another tool in the toolbox of the Antichrist when he comes on the scene. We don't know that, but that's certainly a possibility. But again, that's something that they're going to use. As I said, <clears throat> while this was going on, uh, <clears throat> you also had the World Health Organization meeting uh, I believe in Geneva, and uh, I reported on this last month, so I wanted to re thankfully report on uh, the overruling of, of what 46 was trying to do. So I pointed out in last month's report that, uh, that they were meeting as a governing body and that um, all nations on the earth would cede their health sovereignty to, uh, on global health problems. Decision-making authority in the U.S. supersedes our government for whatever pretext they want. Um, so, in other words, 46, for months, we didn't, weren't even aware of this, <clears throat> was trying to cede our authority on health crises to the World Health Organization, um, where that has the ability to supersede the, uh, the, the reach or the um, input of the United States government of the United States citizens. Um, fortunately, word got out, uh, and within weeks, there was a massive campaign run by a number of different individuals. I point to somebody here, Michelle Bachman. I, I found her to be the leading voice getting this information out, how we were just handing over our freedoms, and it was being done in the dark of night, uh, without our, our awareness, and she was, you know, one of the ones, and there were others, um, but I just, I wanted to point her out because I, I watched her, you know, over the years, but specifically the last year, there's, there's, there's a, um, a, to me, and this is just my opinion, I'm watching her, I believe the hand of the Lord is on her, and she has a, a supernatural courage to, get information out, to bring information. She's a lawyer. She's a former congressman. She has the ability. She's a very intelligent woman, but fortunately, you know, she knows the Lord. She loves the Lord. She recognizes her role and, and what she's supposed to do. And um, I, I just, you know, I, my, my, my kudos to her, my hand clap to her, if you will, um, as well as many others that are, that are doing that. But She's a woman who has come under tremendous adversity, tremendous fire when she ran for president. They mocked her. Um, you know, they, they, this woman from, from Minnesota, similar to what you saw with Palin in 28, this woman from Alaska, you know, kind of indi or, or, or insinuating that they, they were somehow um, not as intellectually uh, elite or not, not on the level of, of, of what the role of responsibilities of what the, the offices that they were they were pursuing. So I just wanted to kind of put that out that 12 of the 13 um, points that they were trying to overturn or hand over to the World Health Organization failed, that enough people found out about it and shut it down. So 
kudos to all those people who got involved. Switching gears tremendously now. There was congressional hearings uh, several weeks ago on UFOs. Yes, I said that right, UFOs. So Congress is, is, is taking this on. <clears throat> They've released government reports. The military has gotten involved. They've released videos. And they've released enough information that you can see and, and we can verify that there is something going on that defies any type of explanation that we could offer in terms of technology. We see videos of military pilots engaging some of these, what we'll call UFOs, UAPs, um, that they can turn on a dime. They can go from zero to 600,000, 1,500 miles an hour without the roar of an engine, without, you know, just, you know, we can't explain it. But... My point here is the government's releasing the information, um, and, and I say if they're releasing the information, it's a pittance of what they really have, and that's just, again, my opinion. Um, but I want to get into this, and I will be, I believe, in the next presentation. I want to start exploring UFOs and the Bible. What does the Bible have to say? What, is, what are some of the things that we can uh, glean from or maybe look at because this is part this is part of an overall series that I started uh, that that centered on what Jesus said before he returns when his disciples asked him what shall be the sign of your times and one of the things he said was it shall be in the days of Noah so I wanted to look at well what were the days of Noah like and what do we see today that could be similar and it's possible possible uh, and I'll and I'll break this down in the future um that some of the technology and some of the things we see from UFOs could be pointing towards uh, some things that uh, I, I would say a mutation of what was in the days of Noah, I'll put it that way. So um, government's saying these are unexplained things. We, we don't know. They've also reported they're seeing an increase in, uh, in number of unauthorized, unauthorized or unidentified aircraft or objects and military control training areas and training areas designed for, designated for airspace. Also, last week, China says it may have detected aliens. China said that, and then two days later, that report was eliminated from the Internet. Um, winding this down, again, grabbing some headlines. For those of you who may not be familiar with America, uh, we had a horrific incident last month in Uvalde, Texas, where innocent children were gunned down by a, a crazed psychopath who I believe was 18 years old, um, that this was the 213th mass shooting in, in the United States in 2022. It was the 30th shooting in a school this year. So whenever something like this happens, you always get the gun advocacy and the anti-gun uh, clashes going on politically. Second Amendment rights uh, being challenged. And, you know, I'll, I'm just going to say that I'm, I, I don't own a gun. I am a se Second Amendment advocate, though. Um, I believe, you know, you, you, you have the right to responsibly bear arms. And I would say that the vast, overwhelming majority are responsible. But there were some military reports uh, of personnel who broke down all of the guns and the ammunition that was found on, on this uh, young man. And there was, I, I, I don't remember what the exact, you know, in terms of bullets and, and, and ammunition and guns, but they estimated that it was at least $10,000 worth of equipment. So the question is, how does this 18-year-old kid who supposedly has very little or 
or no money? How does he get $10,000? How does he engage in something like this? So, you know, those are questions that, that need to be answered. But we need to, to address this. We need to know, you know, what's, chart, what's dr driving this? Because these books have been on the law for a long time, but we're seeing these outbreaks over the last 10, 15 years. Uh, and the, to me, the brutality of attacking and killing and maiming young children, six, seven, eight years old, that's demonic. I, 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 there, there, there's no other question about it. And, um, you know, we, we can certainly point to mental health, but in a lot of that, when you get into mental health, is demonic. Um, so, th you know, those are some things that are, those are headlines of, of, of what we're looking at. Uh, we recently had the cryptocurrency meltdown. Uh, where <clears throat> because it's, I don't want to say because, I, don't, I, I can't say that for sure. Let me just say it this way, that it, it's, it kind of sunk in the markets. Uh, you know, it's still alive. But what's interesting there to me is it potentially opens up a door for the governments that they can regulate the digital currency. I've reported before that 46 has unleashed the uh, American government to look into the possibility of, of digital currency for America. Um, I recently met with somebody who was in the financial area, and I asked them, what does their company say behind closed doors? And it was just kind of an off-the-cuff conversation. And he said they're not, they're not addressing it amongst the staff. But I would say that <clears throat> how that will impact uh, our currency, our 401ks, our retirement funds, our IRA funds, our real estate, our taxes. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting when that all breaks loose, and eventually it will. I don't know when. Some people think it will happen before the end of 2022. I, I, I don't know that. It's not my area of expertise. I just write upon or, or report upon what, I, what I'm seeing in the information, and I always try to look at different sides of the equation and um, you know, this is why I'm presenting it, but it will be interesting to see how America reacts because we're moving towards that. And with cryptocurrency kind of crashing um, and doors opening for the governments to do it, we have this, you know, now China has their own digital currency and, and more and more nations are lining up. So uh, and they'll be able to monitor you because they have this. They can regulate you. They can see, and again, this ties into Bible prophecy. They would be able to see where you buy, where you sell, where you trade. And if you do not have good standing with them, if they give you a social credit standing now in China, they can, uh, they, they can inhibit or monitor or regulate the amount of goods you can buy or where you can travel or who you can see. You know, that's the type of pervasive technology that's, that's already here. Um, Energy delusion, you know, we kind of reported on what, what's going on there with fossil fuels. It says the U.N. chief slams new fossil fuel funding and warns of climate chaos. Um, the great green boss of the U.S., John Kerry, green transition will be bigger than the Industrial Revolution. So this is, this is a big deal to them. Let me just kind of point out, too, that, you know, they— they try to sell you on the fact that natural gas or oil is dirty, you know, and, and yet, they're, but they're going to buy our oil, our American oil, the way I understand it. We've gone to great lengths to deliver as clean as possible as technology awares. And we're supposedly, you know, the cleanest delivery of fuel anywhere in the world. 
And I do believe that. I do. I, I, do. I can't give you the concrete facts and figures, but um, in, in terms of our resources and our, our ability to finance this, it, it makes total sense, as opposed to some of the other nations where we're now groveling for maybe Venezuela or Iran, and you know, as I reported earlier, 46 going to Saudi Arabia. They're not going to deliver the uh, the the oil and gas as cleanly as we do in the United States, and also, you know, they they kind of always pointed towards that we're creating dirty cars, but they never pointed to the fact that, you know, a barrel of oil is only maybe twenty percent used towards emissions for for vehicles. There are so many other things from the making of a pen to a ball to pads and and so forth and so on that requires oil. That so many of American factories require oil for the things that they build, but they never report on that. They don't want you to know that because it it, it kind of it jumps at their agenda. Um, UK is uh, UK is prioritizing energy security over climate pledges. So there you have um, England um, kind of bucking it, if you will, uh, because of what's happening with Russia and that their natural gas and their energy is 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 at stake, their security, and they're saying that's more important than your climate pledges. Um, I also wanted to report that uh, Apophis, which was an asteroid heading towards the United States, or heading towards the world, I'm sorry, heading towards planet Earth, um, was reported and it was supposed to hit in 2029. And I've, I've reported this in the past uh, because, you know, this could be lining up towards what, and they've, some of the scientists even nicknamed it Wormwood, as it is in tra- uh, Revelation, because if some of this did hit um, uh, the world, the waters would be tainted. You wouldn't be able to have sustainable drinking water in large portions of the world. And it would be, have a massive, devastating effect all over the world, Some, you know, something huge and enormous colliding with the Earth. Um, kind of one of those things that you would see in the movies and Armageddon and Ben Affleck and Bruce Willis and whoever. Um, but scientists within the last couple of weeks reported that the trajectory has kind of gone off course and they don't believe it's going to hit Earth now. So... You know, I, I, I reported when it, when, when it did come out because, you know, this was some of the information being provided. But I also want to say that this is now what's being reported by NASA, that we're safe. But again, it's 2022, 2029. So I would say the trajectory could, you know, change again. And But I did want to report that because um, if that's in fact the case, then, you know, people who are kind of pointing towards revelation in this asteroid would be incorrect. Uh, last, I just want to close on some things that I found interesting with China. Uh, they have built a military base in Africa. There are 2,000 Chinese troops stationed just a few miles from Camp uh, Lemoyner, which is a United States Navy base. So now, um, you know, China's kind of building their own military neighborhood right next to the United States in northern Africa. Uh, speculation suggests that the new one may be Equatorial Guinea, giving China a permanent military presence in the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, they also launched, within the last couple of weeks, their third aircraft carrier uh, called the Fujian. Uh, it is their most advanced, and I believe the United I know the United States has the most. I believe they have 11. I could be wrong. It's somewhere, something around there. Uh, but China and Russia would be next in line and they're kind of pushing this and promoting this to stay out of the Strait of Taiwan, uh, kind of sounding the warning bells to 
the U.S. and other partners there, whether it's South Korea, Australia, New Zealand, Japan. Um, it's, you know, more saber-rattling, but with a very, very sophisticated aircraft carrier. And then finally, because you're not hearing a lot of this, I mentioned this in the very beginning, uh, the Ukrainian war where Zelensky has now met uh, recently with uh, leaders of France, Germany, and Italy, um, imploring them to help because of the massacres that are going on. And as we speak, and I, and I reported this, that, you know, Putin, it appears a lot of his objectives, if not all of them initially, um, was to get the eastern portion of, um, uh, of, of Ukraine, and it looks like he's very close to achieving that at an undaunting, or daunting, I should say, uh, human atrocities and, you know, the, 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 the rapes and the murders, and it just it's just horrendous scenes that are coming out of there. Um, but you don't see a lot of that now. You know, for months, that's all you saw on, on the airwaves and on digital online reporting. You see very little of it now. Uh, but Zelensky keeps pushing, trying to get money. Uh, I, I believe our government recently committed another $40 million. I know that we gave them, uh, I forget what the original figure was, close to $40 billion. Um, and, and, but now you've got a lot of uh, senators and congressmen, men and women, who are you know saying, how much are we going to do and how long are we going to do this and what's the end game here? So I, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. And many people all along have said, you know, is this a precursor to the Ezekiel War in 38 and 39? We don't know. And, and, and I said it back then on, on the day it hit or two days later, and we still don't know. However, um, it's having a global impact. You know, I, I pointed out something I, sh I should have. Oh, I know. I passed on something here. Let me go back one second before I, I, I cut this. Um, the Horn of Africa is worried about famine. And right now, more than 6 million Somalis are facing a humanitarian crisis. 6 million due to the record drought in that area. Uh, their special envoy for humanitarian issues says that people are starting to die of malnutrition. Um, deaths have begun. Famine is looming in some areas, and drought uh, is turning into famine. And the reason I, I say that is because, you know, we're getting reports that there's a global famine about to hit, and Ukraine is tied to that, where we, you, Ukraine is the greatest provider of wheat, and, 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 and obviously in turn with that is bread. So, you know, that's another thing that, that, that on the horizon that the Lord pointed to would be a sign of the last day. So these are some of the things. This is the reason that I, I write and I report on some of these things. Um, I'm, I'm not actually reporting it. I'm, I'm getting information from other reporters and other reporting agencies, and I'm just coalescing it into one hopefully somewhat cohesive uh, presentation for things for us to consider and look towards and to pray for. And, and ultimately, I, I say this because this is about the return of Jesus. And the closer we get, you know, the more I believe that we need, if you are a fellow believer in Jesus, we need to be on our knees. We need to be interceding and praying for others, looking for opportunities to share the gospel, um, asking someone, can you pray for them? I've rarely seen somebody who will say, no, you can't pray for me. Uh, so that we need to get a little bit of boldness and of courage. And, you know, the word says that I will not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation for man. Um, 
so you know I'm getting on my soapbox preacher there, but I apologize. No, I don't apologize. <laughs> I take that back. I, I'm 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 encouraging all of us to 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 do the, everything that we know to do to help people come to the Lord um, before that eventual day. And I've said this often, and I'll say it again. No matter where you stand, whether you believe in the Lord or not, you will one day meet him. You will one day see Jesus. And I pray that you will be on the right side of eternity because the word says that every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So you want to do that in right relationship with him. I've, I've shown you so many things that we're seeing around the world today that point to what the Bible foretold and said would happen. And sure enough, just as the Bible laid out, it is happening. So on that note, I, I encourage you to, to consider these things. Um, and let me just you know wind this up by thanking you again for your time. I appreciate you. God bless you. My name is Mark Russick. You've been listening to the Russick Outlook. And remember, as always, just my opinion.